Hello and welcome to the Magical Midlife Podcast, where you get a refreshing, uplifting and optimistic perspective on life in your 40s and 50s. I'm your host, Lindsay DeSwart, and I'm delighted that you've joined us here today. So let's jump right in. Hello, it's Lindsay. How are you doing? Today's episode's a little bit different. It's I'm doing it actually because it's uh, almost by request. I've spoken to a couple of people about this recently, and so I wanted to put it in a podcast because I thought that it would be helpful. So today's episode is all about crystal and indigo children, and star children actually. So I don't know if that's something that you're familiar with or you've ever heard of, but if not, you may well notice if you're on this path and you know you've got some sort of spiritual awakening going on, then you've probably come across this and you may have already seen it in your family with your kids, depending on how they are, how old they are. So I came across this whole concept of um, indigo children, first of all, actually, because when my middle son was born, um, he we just couldn't find a way to make things work. My first son, it was all very easy and, you know, you're that kind of textbook parent and it all goes nice and smoothly. And then the second one, I just got absolutely thrown through the loop and I just couldn't find answers. We kept going to doctors because he was always ill and he was he was on antibiotics, I mean, countless times. And we just couldn't seem to find answers. Anyway, then eventually I found um, a lady who could help me and she introduced me to this concept of crystal children, indigo children and star children, which at the time where I was in my evolution, shall we say, was way out there and it all felt really weird. But now looking back on it, um, it was a complete gift as as these awakenings and these lessons often are. So how do you know if you've got a crystal or an indigo, I can't want to say vertigo, or if you've got crystal or an indigo child? So indigo children tend to be the ones who maybe are a little bit more rebellious. Um, They can be really strong in their sense of purpose and also can be really intuitive. But they're not necessarily sort of, you know, the gentle um, stargazing type of kids. They can be quite challenging. Um, They just don't fit the mould, basically. And I'm sure a lot of them go as diagnosed with things. And I'm sure that all goes hand in hand. I don't know because that's never the route that I went down. And I'm not dismissing one against the other. And I'm, yeah, so none of this is obviously a medical thing. All I'm doing is bringing you my experience and the learnings that I went through 20 years ago. And also the benefits that it's brought to me and our family. So yes, indigo children, as I say, they can be, so the spiritual understanding that I have of them is that they can be the real warriors. They were coming, they were born into this lifetime um, with a soul contract and their soul contract was all about breaking down the old standards, breaking down the norms and making way for a new world. And of course, as I say, I came up, I came across this 20 years ago and it had been around for 20 years before that. Um, I wonder actually how much it was to do with the sort of the 60s hippies vibe even. I don't know. Anyway, because, yeah, I'm not sure. Anyway, I don't know if that was too far back. However, and when you read into it, you'll find more details as well. And I'll give you a reading list at the end of the podcast. Anyway, so the Indigo children came in as spiritual warriors and they were trying to wake up humanity to a new way of being. Now, if you think about what's changed in 20 years, how many more kids are now diagnosed 
how many more kids have sensitivities, allergies, food intolerances, um, huge anxiety issues. Um, so none of this is really a surprise. However, what it does do is when you are the parent of an indigo child or a crystal child, but we'll come on to that, um, it makes you, it very often is the beginning of your spiritual awakening. It certainly was mine um, because you have to find a way to try and help them, you know, work their way through life because just butting your head against the system all the time, it, it just doesn't work for anybody at all. And it's, you know, miserable family life and it, the, the child doesn't thrive, you don't thrive. Whereas when you can start to look at some alternative systems, but more than anything, start to look at all the systems around you in an alternative way. So it's not even changing the systems, it's changing how you look for resolution to help your child through. And so my middle child, he's 20 now, but he absolutely completely changed the way we lived. And he got me on the path, or this whole journey got me more on the path of natural living, natural medicine, getting rid of the toxins in the house, getting rid of the chemicals, um, changing a diet, uh, you know, looking into homeopathy, reflexology, aromatherapy, all as support systems to try and help get back into balance, really. And obviously, I guess, you know, years and years ago is the birth of this podcast, too. Anyway, so that's the Indigo Children. Then you've also got crystal children and crystal children are the ones that sometimes they're you will know them when you see them in the fact that they look so beautifully sort of innocent and their eyes just go deep into your soul and you feel like they just see straight through you. They can be really empathetic, really sensitive. Um, they may well be, you know, real dreamers of the world. And in fact, you know, the harsh reality of what life is actually can just be a real shock to their system. But it's not just a question of like the old fashioned route of oh, just toughen up, because that's just not who they are. So whereas the indigos came in as spiritual warriors, the crystal children are believed to be the ones who now pave, pave the way for a new being, a new way of being. Um, and now we're in this age of Aquarius, the feminine energy is rising more within society. So the crystal children actually were kind of the beginning of that, or I say beginning, obviously, astrologically, we're talking hundreds and thousands of years. So <laughs> I'm not going to give them too much responsibility on their shoulders. That doesn't seem fair. But basically what they've done is they've helped us. Um, if you believe the idea that our kids come into our lives to help us evolve rather than we raise our kids. So it's a complete flip of mindset. And so um, if your kids are way more spiritual than you, and even if you don't know it and they don't know it, they come into your life and because of their sensitivities um, and their anxieties almost, you have to kind of wake up to a different way of being. And that's what sends you through a spiritual awakening and you become more sensitive to things and you become uh, more resourceful in how you look for um, answers, where you look for health support, the type of reading you do, the type of activities you get involved in, how much, you know, what you can watch on TV. I mean, I used to love a good episode of CSI. I would get PTSD from CSI now. There's, I, I, I even have like a health warning on Disney movies. I just, I can't tolerate it now because I'm so sensitive to energy. But I never was before, I, you know, this whole awakening. And as I say, this is purely due to uh, 
when I had children, and I don't believe it was a physical change. I don't believe it was a physical change that happened through pregnancy. I believe it's who came into my life, i.e. my kids. So I also mentioned at the beginning there's star children. So star children are real old souls. They're the ones who've been around many, many times before. And I believe out of my three children, I believe my oldest one is a star, my middle one is an indigo, and my youngest one is a crystal. They are all ridiculously different, and yet they all have such an important purpose um, kind of in this lifetime. Now, this episode's getting quite um, solely and quite spiritual, but because I'm covering this topic, I can't help but do that because that's how these um, this type of children, they need us to support them in this way. They need us to be really empathetic, to understand that what we saw as growing up and kind of, you know, getting to uh, living up to various standards and toughening up and, you know, grin and bear it or, God, what's that expression that I really can't bear? Um, you know, tough it out or whatever it is. It's one of those expressions, toughen up or tough love or something. I mean, ugh, just that's absolutely just the worst thing you can do with spiritual children. Yes, they need some guidelines, they need some boundaries, but they don't need to be um, suppressed. They don't need to be controlled. That's not the way they function at all. And in fact, if you were to give them, because I mean, they're smart cookies, that's for sure. If you were to give them a challenge or a task and just let them go at it with their own resources in their own way, without fear of judgment, you would, and you probably have been, because obviously the age group of this podcast um, you've probably all experienced it anyway. It may even be that this is coming up for you because it might be a grandchild even that's either here or coming about quite soon, um, depending on the age of your kids. If you can work with these children in a way that suits them rather than in the way that we believe they need it to work, um, you will be quite astonished at the results. But also the other thing is they're teaching us to let go of knowing the outcome. We can't know the answers because we don't know what the whole, the future holds for them. The world now is completely a different place um, for them growing up than it was for us. And so if you think about like careers or jobs, they could well and truly, and kids are already doing it and making a fortune, they could already make their living through, you know, digital marketing, through YouTube channels, through just being an influencer, being a makeup artist, a, a regular artist, you know, whatever. Is there such a thing as a regular artist? I don't know. Or working with animals. All of these things now can be a real opportunity. You know, you don't have to be the lawyer, doctor, office worker anymore. It's just, it's just not the case. So the thing is, the world has changed and they therefore needed to be wired differently in order to thrive in this world. And so if anything, it's our systems that need to catch up with them. So, which is why so often crystal, indigo and to a degree star children can really um, not thrive in like school systems or health systems because they're not set up for them. They are quite rigid. They are making everybody toe the line and they are raising people, hopefully raising people to a particular standard. But actually with these more spiritual children, it almost comes across as it's trying to dumb them down and they need to they need to colour outside the lines. It's, you know, it's part of who they are. That's exactly who they are. They need to create. They need to do it in their way. They can't learn from our mistakes. And that's not being harsh about it. That's almost welcoming their creativity. 
and how expressive they can be because they can be so intuitive and they can be so empathetic. And you might be surprised sometimes if you know somebody like this and probably a young adult now, if you know somebody like this, you will be astonished at what they pick up um, walking into a room or walking into a situation, but how much it affects them. I remember a time when my middle son had a play date at school and he went round to somebody's house and neither me or my husband were around to um, pick up because we were both working. And so he went to this person's house and he got a really bad vibe. And I mean, obviously he was safe. We think he was safe, but he got a really bad vibe. And he said, no, I need to come home. I have to come home. Um, And so he insisted that the dad who was looking after them at this particular house just let him go home. And he said, you know, I can't let you go home, buddy. You know, you're, you're too young to walk home on your own. So he said, okay, look, I'll take you home and then let's ring mum and dad and make sure that, you know, they're going to be in or you can get in the house or whatever. So he must have been old enough to be at the house on his own, or maybe even my oldest son was there, I don't know. But anyway, so when we spoke to um, our son about it afterwards, he just said, I just couldn't be there anymore. And we're like, okay, you know, we were worried because we didn't know the family particularly well. We're like, oh, what was going on? What happened? And he said it was nothing like that. But he just said, I got such a bad vibe. I couldn't stay there. I just had to be home. And he was young enough that, well, old enough as well, I guess, that we didn't question it. We had to trust him. But it seemed for that age to be remarkably brave to, to speak up for himself, to say what he did and didn't want to happen. And I've seen it in all of my children. All of them have done this. And you kind of get to the stage where you actually have to trust what they're telling you. Even if you can't make any sense of it or any logic of it, you have to trust what they're telling you because they are so deeply empathetic. They're picking up on something that's going on that, you know, normal, like early days, you and I probably would never even have noticed or we'd just brush past it or we'd look up, you know, we'd look over it and it wouldn't be an issue to them. It's an issue. So I guess the purpose of the podcast today is helping you to um, be reassured that it's not um, any failing as a parent to look for alternative ways. And it's not just like, you know, you're pandering to them or anything like that. They are here with a different agenda than we had growing up. And so therefore they need support. Things like homeschooling is really helpful um, alternative education. I mean, that's why quite a few of them will go to Montessori if, you know, obviously if they're, you know, financially able to go into Montessori or a smaller school may be beneficial. And then also it's a question of how you can kind of nurture their gifts and, um, nurture their characteristics, which is this intuition, which is the sensitivities, but their gifts, as I say, they may be really, they love exploring, they love adventuring, they love self-expression it may be that they love dressing in a certain way that, you know, they they have to express themselves in different ways. So it's not like they can just, you know, chill out and be in the netball team or be on the football team and everything is fine. There always seems to be another aspect to it or another element to it. They might be fantastic with kids. They might be fantastic with animals. Um, they might be fantastic with food. And it may be that they pick up technology super quickly as well and, you know, way faster than us. I mean, you know what it's like. Certainly for me, I'm calling my technical team. You need a child in the house to fix your technology. They're just wired differently. So it's a question of really supporting that um, 
and knowing that they're not being difficult and they don't necessarily need diagnosis. They might actually just need to be supported in a different way by you. So I did promise that I would give you some um, reading, uh, some suggested reading that just because I believe more than anything that I guess I want to convey in this particular um, episode is essentially there is nothing wrong. You're not a bad parent. Um, There is nothing wrong with your child other than the environment they're in is a stressor and is not used to dealing with the energy levels that they have. Um, The environment that they're in could be really stressing them. So it's almost like they're on high alert all of the time. And you know what it's like if you're under a ton of stress, you don't focus very well, you don't function very well, because your nervous system is just like on high anxiety all the time. And so that's pretty much kind of what the school system may be feeling like, to your child. And so if you can understand that, you can come at it hopefully from a different viewpoint. So I said that I'd recommend some reading to you. So um, Doreen Virtue is the author that I really tuned into and got a lot of help from reading her books. And she's got a few different books. She's got one called The Crystal Children, one called The Care and Feeding of Indigo Children, and one called Crystal Children, Indigo Children and Adults of the Future. And I haven't read that last one, but as I say, I've read her others. And then also there's The Indigo Children, The New Kids Have Arrived by Lee Carroll and Jan Tober. There is The Complete Idiot's Guide to Indigo Children by Wendy Chapman and Carolyn Flynn. Uh, And there's also Understanding Your Child's Mind by Kay Redfield Jameson. And although that one's not specifically Crystal and Indigo Children, it is recommended as one that can really help to um, support you through um, supporting your child through all of this. So um, look, I hope that's useful. I hope it's helpful. If you've got questions, as always, please just email me or text me or Instagram me, you know, whatever, because I'm kind of 20 years down the line since I learned about this. And I know how much this completely changed our whole family dynamic, but it also, I believe, has benefited the children in such a way because they were raised with very different expectations. And I always said that one of the things, my my greatest job as a parent, certainly for my indigo child, was to defend his dreams because everybody because he would always be saying, oh, you know, I want to do this or I want to do that. You know, it was a, a big lofty goal. And people say, yeah, but that's not the real world. And that's fine. But to him, it could be the real world. And so my job really was to defend his dreams and to protect that. So he had the ability to then let his imagination and his abilities run free as to, you know, what he could achieve or what he wanted to achieve. And it still rings true today. But the same thing also with my other two. It was never about making them fit in that was they they just they didn't fit in um as to a degree I mean I I guess I don't fit in I guess my husband ex-husband doesn't fit in but I think when you open your mind to the fact that your children are here to help you evolve it does give you a different perspective on how you raise them and how you see situations with them so you can support them in the best way possible okay Hope that's helpful. 
I will see you on the next episode. And as usual, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show today. Um, Just before you go, can I ask a favour? Could you possibly subscribe to the show and leave a review if you really enjoyed it? Those things are absolutely the lifeblood of the show. They allow the show then to get a bit more publicity and get sent out to other people. So I'd love it if you could be a part of growing this podcast and sharing the Magical Midlife message. Now, also, we've got a new feature down in the show notes, which is an online store which now supports everything to do with Magical Midlife. There are personal and business resources on there for you. So please go and check it out. As I say, it's right down at the bottom in the show notes. There's free downloads. There's paid for downloads. There is physical books and there's even links for coaching and business training as well. Okay, so thanks so much for being a part of Magical Midlife and I can't wait to catch up with you in the next episode. Take care.